You're listening to Mornings with Kelly and Steve on Moody Radio, from the word to life. Well, we've been sharing with you all morning about our next guest who is joining the conversation about the fact that there are our children in this nation who are being inundated with cultural lies of the enemy in all formats. We can't really control all of the distribution channels that the enemy uses, whether it's social media, it's just a text, it's conversation in a classroom, or even put into film or on TV or read in our papers. There are things that they are just not developed and prepared to understand and how to handle those things. And so those can be very, very difficult times, of course, adolescence in and of itself, very difficult as we form uh, our personalities and who we really are between the ages of 3 and 13. And this is a resource that I would love for parents to just sharpen up your hearing about this right now because they, um, well, Bree Stensrud, she's with us right now. They, She, along with Daniel Darling, have co-authored a book together called The Biggest Best Light, and that's why I want you to pay attention. Uh, maybe you want to put this under the Christmas tree if you've got the children of appropriate age, but she has been able to tackle some very, very tough truths of Scripture and put them into the, uh, into the context for for young children to understand. Good morning, Bree. How are you? Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Good morning, Steve. Thank you for having me. Well, we're excited about this particular work because we know in order to defeat the enemy, we need to be getting into the the truth into our children's hearts early on. That is our best defense against the culture of the world and uh, just honestly how messed up things are right now in the, our culture. And getting kids to understand what sin is, how it affects us, how they can walk in the light, is really the the purpose of this book, The Biggest Best Light. So tell us a little bit about where this originated from. How did you guys even begin this process to bring this book to creation? Well, you know, Dan Darling, who's the co-author with me on this children's book, which is really geared for elementary age kids, Um, He and I have been working in the pro-life space for a long time, and we were speaking at a conference together, and just on separate things, but at the same conference, and I just mentioned to him, I said, I've always wanted to write a book about how our kids could see people as God sees them, or at least do their level best to see them as God sees them. What would it look like to help our kids try and see people better? And he was like, well, let's do it. Let's write a book. And, and it kind of, you know, set me back a couple of steps like, okay, well, I, I want to do this. Dan's like, well, then let's just do it. And I'm like, okay, okay. And so it just started us on this journey of writing a story about God's intention of creating human beings and what did he what he wanted from them and wanted with them and um, how we've kind of messed that up. And now we really need to get back to, you know, what John 1, 5 says, and that is to shine light in the darkness because the light will overcome the darkness. Um, so that's where we, that's where we landed is trying to help our kids shine a light in some of these shadows of the world that we see so prevalent around us. Mm. 
Well, in our culture, kids are just absolutely bombarded with all types of messages, whether it be from the videos that they're watching on YouTube or the curriculum at school. Well, what do you hope they will learn and take away from reading this book? I think my biggest hope for this book is that people would stay curious about other people, not just kids, but parents who are also reading this book as well. In this book, we talk about how because of culture, because of bias, because of sin, we have put people in kind of, we call them shadows in the book, and where we don't have to see them or we don't want to see them, and they become an enemy, and therefore keeping them in these shadows where we don't see them and we don't see them as God sees them, as image bearers, they, they, we begin to be separate. And God created each and every human being, no matter if we disagree with them or not, in His likeness. And so hopefully this book will help our kids not make enemies out of people, but want to shine God's light into these places that maybe they've been told are um, too fearful for them to be, but that because of who God is and how he made us gives us confidence to enter into all those spaces and say, you know, I don't, I don't agree with you, but I, I see you as an image bearer. And that makes me curious about why you are the way that you are and why you think the way that you think and what God could do with that kind of conversation and that opportunity. You know, those opportunities, we have to be aware of them. But you bring up a very, very important point, which is teaching children to see the Imago Dei, right? The person who is across from us, who is made in the image of God, regardless of how they act, the things that they say, uh, the color of their skin, their ethnicity, their cultural background, whatever those things are. We must teach them to look beyond all of that and see the image bearer that they are, which you talk about, so important. And those conversations can be very powerful if they're used, but ultimately, if we really don't prepare a child to have that conversation, Mm -hmm. we're doing more harm because ultimately, in the end, they may be more afraid to engage people at that level. And this this work will help them out, correct? Not only the child, but also the parent too, right? Yeah. I mean, I think the point of the book is discipleship for kids and parents, and it's a great conversation starter. We ask good questions in here, and really the dialogue and the illustrations that were so beautifully created for us in this book are meant to stir curiosity and conversation between parents and kids. Because like you said, the culture is inundating our kids with so many messages. And the main message we want our kids to take away is that God's light is the best light in everything that you see around you. And if you see darkness, if you see something scary, if you see something you don't understand that doesn't feel right or look right, God's light within you is more powerful than any darkness that surrounds us. And what that light can do for a person or for your neighborhood or for the culture is so important and so huge. And you want kids to be having those conversations with you at home so that they feel confident to go out and be a a light in their culture and in their world with their friends. Well, Bree, what about 
parental confidence, right? Uh, I've raised two kids and I'm in the throes of teenage life right now, but you know, I know that I've done a lot to mess them up too. Um, <laughs> that harms our yeah. confidence. Haven't we all? <laughs> yeah, we have, but that, that harms our confidence to say, I can disciple you correctly, right? How will this help that parent, right? Who is kind of on that fence who goes, I mean, am I even prepared? I mean, I feel so disqualified, unprepared myself to have that conversation. How is it that I can really bring something to the table for my kid? Just encourage the parents. Well, I think one of the things is, you know, you can only do what you can do. And you do come back to the intentionality of your parenting. And if you feel like you either missed the mark or you're not doing good enough, um, I I have this belief in our God that he is more powerful than any mistake or any lack of intentionality that I have. And that if I can instill and I can plant the seeds of who God is and how deeply he loves my child and other people, I believe that God can cover all of those gaps and those cracks that we feel like we've messed up in. And so my confidence is not in my parenting. My confidence is in Christ. And if I can you know, a lot of times what I'm praying for my kids is, Lord, help them stay tender towards you and tender towards other people. And if I can pray those two things, and I pray that with consistency, and I and I trust in who I'm praying in, that he is mightier than anything that I've ever tried to steer or wield or instill in my kids, I feel like that takes a lot of pressure off and a lot of shame and guilt off parents who feel like maybe they've missed the mark with their kids, especially when you get into teenagers, they're always acting crazy. Right. And so it's, it's, I think comforting to know that God is so much bigger than anything that I could have ever missed and that he loves my kids way more than I do. And, um, and their lives are in his hands. And I think that that helps that frees us up to just enter in as, a brother and sister in Christ with our kids to say, you know what, I, I don't get this right. I'm so sorry, but this is what I know is true. And I'm going to pray that that becomes true for you. So you shift that confidence in I'm such a great parent to God is such a good God and he's gracious and he cares about the future of my kids too. Well, Bree, how, how might a family weave the concepts in this book into their prayer and or devotional life? That's a great question, because in this book, what we talk about is how each and every person is made in the image of God. And I think so much in our culture makes us want to hold our kids even closer to us and not allow them to to wade into some of the messy stuff. And, And of course, age appropriate, I mean, it's our job to protect our kids. But at some point, our kids are going to learn something from culture, and either they're going to learn how to see culture differently because of what we've instilled in them and what we've taught them. And, and therefore when they have questions, they, they want to come back and talk to us about it. Um, but the, I think how this book helps and how it, and how it's going to help you pray with your kids and for your kids is it's going to help your kids be able to start asking you questions. The illustrations in this book, the narrative in this book fosters a conversation that needs to be had. And it's not that, it's not that people are the enemy in the world. It's that sin is the enemy, and sin is the destroyer of things. And therefore, instead of making enemies out of people, 
we, we stay curious about people and we see them as God sees them. And how God sees them is a very challenging thing to do. So praying with your kids about, I'll give you a perfect example. My daughter was being bullied at school. And so immediately, of course, I'm defensive. You know, it's like, okay, what do we got to do? We got to, you know, call her parent. We got to do this. We got to, and what we did instead was, is we just started praying over, well, what might be something that we may be brought to any of these situations? We prayed over these things and we prayed for her family. Well, after, you know, four weeks of praying and just kind of enduring and what we just decided to stay curious and just pray for her and her, find out her, her mother is being abused at home find out that her sisters and her brothers are being abused at home. And this somehow, you know, came out towards my daughter. And I'm so glad that we stayed curious about that other child. And I'm so glad we prayed for that family because really what we tend to do is just pull back and be defensive, right? But staying curious allowed us then to develop a relationship with that family. And we're now in relationship with that family, and my daughter has a friendship with that child. And I mean, it's just we chose to see her as someone who was important to God, and maybe not just someone who was being hurtful to us. Well, Bree, you do a lot of work with immigrants and refugees, and you advocate on their part. And we have seen our culture, the schools, our communities changing in recent years. Everything from the crisis in South America has changed our um, community makeup and the even the Afghan refugee crisis as well. We've seen our communities changing. And so this is a very important dialogue and it's something that's very important and critical to teach our children because they are the ones truly frontline meeting new friends in schools. This is where really these things uh, come about. And so these are very important conversations. But tell us a little bit about that work as an advocate for refugees in, uh, in America. Yeah, so, you know, a lot of the conversation around immigrants and refugees, like a lot of other kind of human dignity spaces, it really gets complicated in the political realm. But as Christians, we should be really seeking out the discipline of seeing people as God sees them through the biblical perspective. So taking out the, the taking out the subject of immigrants and refugees from a partisan narrative and thinking about it as a biblical issue first instead of a politically partisan issue first, because we know that who we're talking about are made in the image of God. Those people are made in the image of God. And so when we think about our culture and we think about how it might be changing and we think about new people coming into our communities, one of the things we have to think about is, Staying, again, staying curious about those people. I mean, I remember talking with um, a family who had come from Central America, and their dad was saying, I'm just so nervous that my kids are going to lose their culture so quickly because that's what we hear is kid, our kids come over and they adopt American culture so fast they don't hang on to our culture. And yet that's such a common thing that us parents can, you know, like we're worried that our culture is going to change and they're worried that their culture is going to change. And yet our kids are forming their own culture, right? And so it's the same, same when they come over. We see these immigrants and refugees coming over and they're being contributors. They're, they're wanting to live in a free society and they enjoy that freedom and they're happy to be a part of our society. So helping our kids see people who don't look like them or talk like them and stay curious about them and know that they're also made in, in the image of God and important to God helps us build relationships that then help us introduce the gospel to people who may have never heard about Jesus. 
So it's a very cool thing to be thinking about immigrants and refugees from a biblical perspective and what God says about them instead of the political partisan narrative, which sometimes makes us fear people um, that we don't even know yet. Well, Bree, this is a very, very important conversation and one that's going to translate over to bedtime where parents can share this story or they can pass this book into the hands of their children. As you said, between that sort of the the four to seven range, you know, five to eight, these are truths that children must know. And we're so appreciative of your work here alongside uh, Daniel Darling in authoring the biggest, best light, and helping our children understand where sin resides, how they can engage other people, and really, truly be the perfect light that casts out that shadow created by sin in this world. Just a really great piece of work that you've done here, and so I just want to say thank you uh, for bringing this to us and to helping parents everywhere so that they can educate their kids and get them comfortable in having that conversation. What a treat it is to share this with you this morning. Thank you so much, you guys, for having me on this morning. Well, you are very welcome. Bree, we're going to go ahead and let you get on about your day, but we want to share with you where you can find more details about this, and we're going to go ahead and put that over to our resources page at kellyandsteve.org. You're listening to Mornings with Kelly and Steve on Moody Radio, from the word to life.